Welcome to Female Fear Factory, the podcast, a space where people share their experience with fear inherited from the systems designed to keep certain people from stepping into the joy of their personhood. On this podcast, you will hear about when fear has hurt and when community is healed. The Female Fear Factory is a performance of patriarchal policing of and violence towards women and others cast female who are therefore considered safe to violate. When I hear this quote from Pumla's book, I think about the idea of toxic masculinity that is inherited, that is taught, that is sustained in our communities in such a way that I've personally and, you know, through seeing other people experience, I've personally experienced this kind of toxic masculinity before I even knew what it was. As a child, when you were sent to the store to go buy bread or whatever was needed in the home, the first thing that came to your mind was, how do I look? How am I dressed? And the second thing would be a hope and a prayer that there are no boys gathered at the corner. And and that was a regular sight. A large group of boys standing at the corner, chatting or playing a game or smoking. And what that meant for you as a girl meant violence, meant uncertainty. You don't know what kind of violence. Would it be the kind of violence that just came from utterances that are uncomfortable, that are straight violent? Or would it even get physical? Would someone chase you? So I'm saying all of this To go back to that idea of inherited violence that boys inherit from the the society they grow up in and they become men who continue this kind of violence. So you grow up in that space and even as a grown person, as an adult, the fear is you're not safe in your own body because you're still looking at how am I dressed? Who am I going to encounter, whether it's in it's 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 in public transport or it's at the office? Um, and, and how would that encounter be? You you're always wondering what kind of violence would would occur. So so yeah, that is just just a, a little bit of of what Pumla's quote brings up for me always brings up those those memories and when I think about how some of these things don't change and the harm reproduces itself or is reproduced in that there's still boys standing at, at the corner and I wonder are they talking something productive um, that is you know productive in a sense of socially productive for them um, and and is socially productive 
something that does not include violence towards girls, towards women, because even just the gaze, even just the gaze penetrates in such in such a violent way that you know I can't even intellectualize it, but it's just something that is affect. As a child, I understood that every action and its consequences were my fault. So if a man or a woman, if an adult touches me in an appropriate way, I first had to wonder what is it that I did um, you know, to warrant this kind of treatment. Um, I had to plan ahead whether I was going to school or walking around in the community. I had to have a plan um, and, and a response that would would something that would save me if I got into quote unquote trouble, particularly with men um, or with boys. So there was always a very a hyper uh, consciousness, a, a an anxiety. And it's that anxiety um, that you realize later that this is this is something you are expecting. You're always expecting violence um, to, to, to occur. So you're always thinking and looking at what is it that I'm doing wrong and what is it that I can do to avoid violence. So yes, you are thinking of yourself, you're seeing yourself as a site of violence and you're always trying to mitigate um, circumstances that can kind of keep you safe um, from, from violence. And should violence happen, there is no space for you to say, I am a victim or I am a survivor and I did not deserve what happened. But the first thing you ask yourself is, what did I do? And that's not just a, a self-reflection. We come from a society that wants to know, what did you do? What did you say um, to this person? Um, how were you dressed? Um, so, so yeah. I still do it up to this day where... I do not look at men. So if I'm if I'm approaching um, a, a group of men, I look almost like at the top of their head. So look through them because I don't know if I look directly at them, what kind of violence might appear? You know, would somebody wink in... In an, you know, would somebody look at me, wink, uh, stick their tongue out, or and and just, you know, that would just anger me and violate me in 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 all sorts of ways. So, so my uh, default is that I'm I don't look at men 
Um, so it's 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 something that I started long ago as a as a teenager, you know, to just look ahead. Um, so you know, that's one of the things, and I mean, there's there's many, but the one that I'm thinking about at the top of my head is is that one where you you just look ahead and you don't look at men because you're trying to negate what might come if you look if you look at at men or boys fear is definitely still present it is the site of our struggle it is the load the invisible load that we carry um, particularly as black women in South Africa you know and we carry it we carry it into other spaces where, where, where we walk and sometimes we realize how heavy the load is when we get into spaces where we momentarily feel safe and and spaces where we we feel the safety is, when we create, particularly as women, um, when we create spaces that are women, queer, and child safe. Um, And we create those by acknowledging the fear in our gatherings, but also not letting the fear debilitate us, not letting the fear paralyze us. Um, so, so finding uh, spaces to be joyous, to be productive, even with what lies externally. So spaces or gatherings that I would go to are, are, are deliberately, intentionally uh, curated by women, um, you know, by mainly black queer women who are aware of what you know who bring with them all these co- co- collect collective and collected experiences and 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 with that we try to shield one another um through through having gatherings that are, are not just safe but brave as well so i think that bravery brings with it safety um, whether you, you know, we're gathering at uh, someone's home or in a park. And, 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 and that's when you realize the importance of community. Um, that when you are a community and a, com- a like-minded community, then you know that the safety, the safety in the things that are said in conversations the safety within physical interactions as well. And, um, you know, there is safety in the intellectual uh, exchanges that happen. So that those are some of the ways that we, we, um, yeah, we, we recreate joy and joy and safety. And, and that we also realize that it's possible. It must be possible. My name is Natalia Mulebati, poet, performer, and editor of Wild Imperfections, an anthology of womanist poems. 
this has been my female fear factory story